The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. No my hockey my Kiado Fold This episode I want to delve into something which not a lot of us get to experience. We all uh, watch television, we all uh, are aware that the biggest shows, the, the almost the biggest prize in the whole genre is is creating episodic drama that that sort of feels like it catches a moment and there's not a lot of it made anywhere in the world really and that's especially true in New Zealand there's a vanishingly small number of productions in operation at any given time uh, certainly less than 10 uh, at any scale and the they are invariably the product of years of planning and scheming and you know they compete against dozens of other people who've got their own special idea and most of those don't get to be made and as a result for the people involved in them once they actually get to make one and once it gets a second season it has just an enormous power to it because as we all know you only get better at something by doing it over and over again and on these you know, the, on, on big budget dramas, that, that's just a particularly rare place to get to. And so Head High, which uh, was a show about two South Auckland rugby teams, one operating out of a private school and one a neighbouring public school, which mirrors the Otahuhu College, King's College situation um, we have in South Auckland, was a pretty rare bird to begin with. Um, I loved the show. I gave it a uh, pretty much a rave review when when it debuted last year. Uh, it was commissioned for a second season. It's always hard to tell in this era what 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 constitutes a hit. The, the numbers watching linear television have continued to decline, making what constitutes a, a hit in the modern era look quite different to what it would have as recently as a few years ago. Nonetheless, Head High felt like a hit. Uh, you know, had really strong word of mouth, was really well reviewed, had a lot of press about it. And it, because of the nature of the story, because it had a very diverse cast, it had a lot of, uh, had a very diverse production, it felt like it was hitting some of those goals that um, New Zealand On Air and the screen production industry have been working hard on over the past few years. It, it felt like a story of the moment, which made the news that the production got last week all the more shocking. 
uh, Discovery, the new owners of Three, uh, have made the decision to cancel the show after a second season. That that network has had a pretty profound shakeup over the past year. It's got new commissioners. In fact, the commissioner has now run out of Australia who don't, you know, you wouldn't think, have that local context. The production is understandably devastated. Um, they don't feel like the show was supported as much as it could have been. And, you know, they the, on this podcast episode, you'll hear stories about, you know, social media assets that weren't deployed, uh, episodes uploaded late that all kind of contributed to a feeling that it really wasn't supported to the extent it could have been. Since recording uh, this episode and, in fact, this intro, I reached out to Discovery to ask for a statement about why uh, Head High was not renewed for a third season and whether there were any issues with, with uploads, as, as alleged uh, in this podcast, and, and to, to, to get a sense of whether it, it signaled it with uh, a moving away from drama. They have since supplied this statement, which I will read in its entirety. Head High was a strong local drama production, and we are proud to have broadcast two seasons on 3 and 3 now. We remain committed to delivering local content as part of the future growth of our business and are currently planning an exciting schedule for 2022, which includes a range of local and international drama. We look forward to sharing further information with you soon. That's the whole of the statement. It doesn't necessarily address the specifics that we asked about, but, uh, you know, we can and, and doesn't entirely unequivocal on some of those issues raised. But irrespective of that, it speaks to this quite difficult moment we're in right now where we're kind of got one foot in the old linear world and one foot in the new streaming world and we're just trying to figure out how all this stuff works. And we don't yet have a good consolidated um, platform or even a, a, a strategy or policy for distribution of our content online. And because ultimately the, the networks are commercial operations, they have to earn their money through advertising. So even if something is just rating, you know, marginally below what you, what you would have hoped for, they don't really, you know, in some respects, they don't have a choice, but, but whether to stay with it from an advertising perspective um, or, or to, to, to move on, re regardless of the sort of cultural investment um, that has been made into it. So my guest this week, uh, Mariama McDowell, who is an actor on the show, uh, and Tim Morrill, who is a writer and director, uh, they're both Māori and they both speak to the way this felt like a different kind of Māori story to be brought to the, um, the sort of a more general audience. And, you know, I think you'll, you'll hear it in their testimony that this thing was doing a lot more than just create an hour's entertainment on, on a Monday night for its audience. And I think that, that sort of gets to some of the challenges of this stuff. Like, you know, the network wants it to be an entertaining half hour that will serve up some advertisers. The production wants to do that, but it also wants to capacity build. New Zealand On Air wants to do that but it also wants to tell meaningful stories from Aotearoa. And then the whole of the industry would really like it if this production could be sold offshore and help generate more income that grows the sector. So everyone in there has got a slightly different set of incentives and no one, none of this stuff is quite aligned. And as a result, you have a show which, you know, I'm a critic and as a critic, I think this thing, you know, really probably deserved another shot. 
it, it, it doesn't look like it's, it's got one as of now. There is always the chance that another network, most notably TVNZ, potentially picks it up uh, and... You know, that would be would be fantastic production. But there's just not a lot of that that goes on here versus in, in other territories. So this is Mariama McDowell and Tim Morrill on the fold. Just before we get into it, I want to shout out Vodafone, uh, who have returned to sponsor this season of The Fold. They bring world-class network technology that runs the spin-off amongst many, many other um, businesses in Aotearoa and yeah, if you're looking to procure um, internet for your business, you should go to vodafone.co.nz. Now let's get into it. Kia ora korua and uh, welcome to The Fold. Um, we're here to talk about Head High, the, the second season of which just, just finished airing uh, last week, I think. Um, so let's let's start on on the good and great of it because the circumstances aren't particularly great. But let's, if you could start by just introducing yourself and yourselves and telling me about your roles in the production and, and what it meant to you and those involved. Um, Tim, do you want to kick us off? Um, tēnā koe, Duncan. Uh, ko ai tēnei, e kōruratu nei, uh, ko Tim Warrell ahau, he uri o Ngaituhoi. Um, I am one of the co-lead writers on Head High and the lead director. I'll, I'll let Mim in, introduce yourself first and then maybe we can start getting into what we enjoyed about the production. Kia ora, kia ora koutou, ko Miriamma McDowell tōku ingoa. Um, Heri tēnei no Ngāti Hine. I play Renee on Head High, who's the, um, the lead in the show, female-led show. Um, I'm a... I play a mother, a police officer, um, wife to the top rub- rugby coach. So, uh, yeah, Tim, you know, when, when you're involved as, as writer and, and director, obviously you're, the, the show is very close to you. And, and I, you know, from reading interviews with you, your sort of relationship to, to rugby, how it came to you and, um, and how it helped you kind of sort of restore some of your papa kind of connections too, it clearly would have a huge amount of meaning for you. Do you, do you want to just kind of tell me about um, Head High and, and, and your relationship to it in that respect? Um, yes, so uh, I'm one of those uh, Māori urban refugees that grew up in, um, I grew up in the North Shore of Auckland and uh, had always grown up uh being very proud of being Māori but not having the uh, cultural underpinnings to really feel comfortable and confident in that, despite a connection back to um, our Ukaipo in the Eastern Bay of Plenty. Uh, and going through art school, that, that pride and that interest uh, only grew. And so when I completed art school, um, knowing that my uh, whakapapa Māori was going to be one of the main drivers of my work in the future, uh, I moved back to re-establish a uh, honona uh, connection with my um, tūhoi whānau and te waimana. Um, however, uh, you know, it's quite a quite a culture clash when you're a sort of urbane art school graduate um, from, from Devonport 
going back to live in the Eastern Bay of Plenty and one of the most important uh, ways of reconnecting in an in a, in a uh, organic way back into the community was via rugby. Uh, I played a little bit of rugby in my teenage years, but it was only really as uh, an adult in my mid-20s that I fully fell in love with rugby and uh, finding finding a, 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 a very male activity to do along with all my phenomena and with my uncles um, coaching me became a really, really important way of reconnecting back into my community. And it was, you know, it was some of the most meaningful experiences of my life were actually on the on the rugby field playing for Waimana, which my family has a long history with. Um, and that eventually turned into me becoming, also being the coach of a lot of my, um, the teams of my own sons here in Rotorua. Um, so, it, it, yeah, it's been quite a long-standing connection and, and quite an emotionally important one for me uh, and, and one that I suppose did, did play out and some of the relationships in Hitai informed them. Kia ora. And uh, Miriama, do you want to talk about the dual role you had on the show, both acting on it and also mentoring a generation of, of young actors who really were given roles like they might you know, struggle to encounter very often elsewhere in as they, they sort of develop. Yeah. Seven out of the top ten um, cast in Head High are Māori or Pacific or Asian actors. When I watch New Zealand shows, the first thing I'm looking for is actors who represent the diversity of our country. Um, and I have a really strict rule that if I don't see... Um, in the top five actors, some kind of diversity, I'll, I'll turn it off. You know, in spite of the fact that I want to support our shows in this country and I want to support my fellow actors, um, I, I just can't, I just can't do it anymore. Um, so Head High is, is just breaking the, you know, it's breaking the mold in that way, finally. Um, you know, when seven out of 10 is, it's pretty good, you know, pretty good numbers there. A lot of those lead actors are, are rangatahi and, you know, the best way to learn to be an actor is by doing the job. So um, this show is giving an opportunity to all of these young brown actors um, to do their job. And, and man, you watch from season one to season two the growth of all of those young actors, the way they are leading the show now. It's just amazing. Um, I think anyway, you know, I, I remember when I when I first graduated from Toifakari, I had a discussion with with a casting agent where I said, you know, it's a, it's a political decision, me doing whatever this role was. And she said to me, why do you have to be political? Why does everything have to be political? And I said, when you're a Māori actor, everything is political. Even if um, the decision is I'm casting you in spite of the fact that you're Māori. I'm just casting you as the character. Even that is a political decision. So um, in terms of leadership, I think as you grow as an actor, you're also understanding that part of your job is is to lead. Um, also in this show, you know, I play the mum. So, um, you know, as, as the character, I'm nurturing them and telling them off and, and you know, corralling them um but also as as the person I'm I'm doing that. I love it. 
So, I mean, hearing both of you talk, the thing that's different about Head High, obviously, because of there, there is like a, a vibrant um, Māori screen sector, but it, it doesn't get those big budgets. It doesn't get those prominent slots. And the fact of Head High being in prime time, and and I mean, I I, I reviewed it um, the first season, and I felt it felt different to me as as a as a critic who's who's watched a reasonable amount of this stuff. Um, which kind of unfortunately brings us to to the reason we're talking, which is not, hey, this is a mean show, <laughs> like great job. What season three going to bring? It's the fact that you were told this week, I think, that uh, the show has not been picked up by um, by three for another season, despite outward appearances that that's a a, um, a big success. And I just wondered if you would just tell me, I guess, when you found out and um, how the production is, is feeling right now. Uh, so I found out a few days before Miriam, I think, um, and that was via Rachel Jean, the producer of season one and two, who had been informed by senior management at South Pacific Pictures that uh, in a that they were informed in a pitch meeting with TV3's new um, programmers and commissioners that uh, they were not going to um, commission a season three. Um, it, and, and, and so I got word, I think it was the day after uh, episode eight, our final episode played out. And, you know, uh, it's, it's such a fickle and tough industry. Uh, in some ways, you know, you, you can, you can't, can never be shocked when something like this happens, but I felt so excited and proud about what we'd achieved in season two and felt like we really finished in a, in a powerful way. Um, and, and there just felt like a real buzz, uh, not only within the industry, but outside of it. I think that's been the really exciting thing for me around Head High is that my my Farno, wider Farno, my um, social groups, my the, the 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 town that I live in, the golf course that I, the golf club that I play at, people people are engaged and excited. Uh, we're engaged and excited in the season, um, season two, and what was happening, and and the you know the place that we left, Renee and Vince, at was really devastating for a lot of people. So it just it they felt like a buzz. It felt very positive. It felt like we'd done a great job, and in some ways, it felt like uh, season three was was a no brainer. So so it was it was pretty shocking in that way. Mariana, how how about you? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I I found out from the uh, Kate McDermott the the writer first of all, and then had a meeting with um, Craig Hall, the other you know the lead other lead um, with uh, SPP management. After that, um, yeah, I feel like there are so many reasons why this show is important and we need to fight to um we need to fight against that decision so i think that you touched on a little bit in your introduction duncan the um the 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 nature of the landscape of uh our industry here in new zealand where um it, it, in some ways, there's this tension between uh, our publicly um, resourced funding agencies uh, and then private broadcasters like TV3 and 
that a new regime like Discovery coming in and not probably not actually having a finger on the pulse of the the territory that they've moved into here in Aotearoa and not quite appreciating how significant a production like Head High is that um, that showcases and builds capability capacity of Māori Pacifica in front of and behind camera uh, in a, in a, with, a, with a positive tone and an everyday um, Aotearoa whānau feel to the show, how, how significant that is for, for, for our industry and our country. Um, you know, I, 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 met, I can see them once they've really got their feet under the table that they'll, they may regret this decision. The thing that's sort of lurking behind it to me is, you know, that Discovery Worldwide tends to focus on a particular style of programming, a particular kind of factual. Obviously, three is not Discovery, but it is part of the industrial complex that is any kind of uh, scale media company like that. And, uh, you know, do do you have any sense that, that it is a signal that it is part of three moving away from drama and more into that familiar discovery mode or is it just a no at the moment for me um i'm not i'm not totally sure and this is probably straying more into exec um producer territory uh but i i think my impression is that it's uh more purely about numbers at this point so that uh while we were doing okay um, that our linear broadcast rating numbers are not massive um, and that at this stage it feels like the noises coming out of Discovery Australia New Zealand are about maximizing financial return and trying to work out how to monetize what they've what they've bought. I, I guess the, the thing that I want to to know is that if it does signal, the start of three moving away potentially from drama uh, and and more into its kind of the core wheelhouse of the of the the big entity that owns it. You know that that obviously has quite a pro- profound impact. It really, aside from TVNZ, almost no one gets to make big budget by New Zealand standards productions, drama productions, anywhere other than than three or, or TVNZ. What would that sort of mean if we were, we were to return to that, you know, something more like a a single commissioner, um, you know, i.e. back to the, the 80s in some respects, for for your communities? I'm not convinced about the um, thesis that TV3 is moving away from drama, but if, if they are and it's uh, TVNZ is the only, um, the only bar in town, um, that becomes probably becomes an, an issue generally across the industry le, le, you know less options um, less productions less possibility um, however I, I think that's you know that's really only the top top half a centimeter of the of the this this pond in as much as the the industry and viewing as we know um, Viewing habits have changed completely with uh, the advent of streaming videos on demand, and even in our case, our numbers are much larger on three on demand than on the linear. Um, and both NZ on air and uh, the Film Commission TMP as well are very much scrambling to catch up 
on what the implications are for them as um, funding agencies, but also for our broadcasters in pivoting towards online presence. And I suppose this this massive opportunity that we have, if we can crack it, which is actually creating domestically based production for international um, video on demand services like Netflix, etc., um, is the is the massive opportunity, um, and the stepping stone to that has been via the kind of model that Head High has followed of NZ on Air funding for a New Zealand um, terrestrial broadcaster, and then sold overseas to. Yes, Fog. So it, it has some implications that way, but there's a much bigger issue at play. To what extent do you feel like the this the whole sort of system of com- commissioning and and screening kind of needs an overhaul? Like there there've been there have been um, and we've published pieces advocating for almost like a, a neutral platform that for you know, for all of what, what has been funded by, by um, New Zealand Air, because so much of what gets made gets aired and has a brief um, period of availability on, um, on a streaming platform and then it disappears. You know, do you, do you see the argument for something which is, you know, a, um, a place where this stuff naturally fits, which is less prone to the kind of the vagaries of, of commissioning or, or sort of business strategy decisions that are actually fundamentally getting further away from us in some respects. Yes. Yeah, that would be great as content creators. It would be um, fantastic to have clearer lines uh, because at the moment there are these uh, very much competing demands from uh, commissioning broadcasters who are, who are very much private, like TV3, um, versus the um, charter of uh, New Zealand on Air or Te Maungai Pāho. Um, however, I, I think what in in the discussion has to be TVNZ uh, as as a state owned agency uh, with you know um, with responsibility back to some more of the drivers that NZ on air is answerable to uh, and and the clear um, moves that they've made to be treaty respons- responsive to be um, diverse and inclusive and um, you know the fact that, that that they are operating in a in a way that's more aligned with NZ on air um, so so you know it's not all doom and gloom and it's not all all private versus public, that we do have this hybrid agency in, um, in TVNZ and, of course, RNZ as well in a, in a different way. So, sorry, I'm going off to, into writer rave now. <laughs> well, it's amazing, though. Like, it does, it does start to get almost like, you know, you, the follow, further you follow the thing down, suddenly New Zealand On Air is the commissioner, you know, because if you did have a big neutral platform, then who someone has to make a decision about whether a show is commissioned or not. And the... Yeah, it, it gets quite complicated quite quickly while also getting getting more simple in, in some respects. Getting back to head high, because in some res- like I think, Mariama, like I certainly sense from you, this isn't done. The, the the hard thing is that while, you know, you've seen actually an, an uptick in recent years in the US of shows being cancelled by one network and picked up by another, particularly by streaming services, there's not a huge tradition of it here. And while Head High, you know, for the reasons that you suggest, Tim, would feel like it naturally sits in the the kind of the way that TVNZ has evolved in recent years, uh, you know, 
do, do, do you have any sense that there is a possibility of it jumping networks um, like that? I think I think we would really love that. Yeah, and I, I, we're we're working hard to to look at all possibilities. I I also think it has an international audience, or it has the potential to have an international audience. Um, I just think of my travels in the world, and rugby was always my passport. You know, if I wanted to make a connection with someone in Argentina, that that's how I did it through the All Blacks. Um, I remember sitting in Paris and um, ordering from a waiter, and the minute I said I was from New Zealand, you know, it was the All Blacks. So, um, yeah, I think I think there is still potential for this show to to keep on living. Um, and maybe it just needs to pick up its bags and move somewhere else. Yeah, which, you know, would be great, and, and it feels like there might be a more natural home at a different uh, broadcaster. Um, the Then you run into those issues of uh, equity, of premium drama funding from NZ on here where, you know, you TVNZ, despite the fact that on on one they their audiences are consistently twice the size of either two or three, um, still only get one of the premium dramas. So you know it's um, it's a it's a tricky formula that way. Yeah, I think that that's the sort of the part that you know doesn't get discussed publicly, but there is some sense of each channel gets a pot of money. You know, and because these, particularly the premium dramas, are just such large percentages of the overall New Zealand on-air budget, they're kind of hard to move. You know, I think that that, that in some respects is the crux of this, is that the New Zealand on-air budget has not really risen anything like commensurate to sort of inflation or GDP over the past 20 or so years. And as a result... You know, these productions, the, the likes of Vegas, the likes of Head High, end up having to carry quite an enormous weight, both a sort of a cultural and, a, you know, the consequence for the networks. And in, in many respects, there, there's too few of them. And, like, I mean, obviously, any person working in, in, in the arts or in culture, we're like, yeah, we'd, we'd love more money. But there is, there is some sense that this thing is going to continue to happen while the, the budget's are static because there's just too much on any one of these productions it's it's almost an unbearable load yeah and and i guess then also what happens is that we compete with each other eh um you know head high doesn't want to compete with vegas we want to have two productions that um are both thriving and telling maori stories and putting maori on screen i mean our budget's part of the problem like is there a world where we make more smaller, more intimate things that allow for allows for these kind of stories to be. I mean, this again, like a, a perpetual question, I guess. But like, what what is it that that can can be done to avoid the situation? Which I mean, honestly, feels like like it, it's it's tragic for Head High, but it also doesn't feel like it's ever going to stop happening while the kind of current structure holds. While while there's this you know, this trap that we we feel like we're in between the funders, the networks, this, this tiny pipe that things have to go through? Um, I, I think for me the a potential answer sits in us getting to a point where we, as I mentioned before, that we're developing 
domestically based content or domestically created that is meeting um, international markets. So um, ultimately, we're liberated from the need for public funding. That's a shitload easier said than done, obviously. There's, there's that sort of comparison too with the Scandinavian experience, isn't it, where there's a more coherent, um, publicly funded, publicly created uh, development pipeline for productions and for people that, that has clear outcomes, clear pathways forward, and that uh, is internationally successful and launches uh, spin-off productions by those those creators that are then not reliant back onto the funding. So I, I wonder if there's uh, an argument to be made for more coherence in in, in the ecosystem here, but but it's also on us as content creators, as producers, to um, to to really now start to meet um, international markets on that on those um, streaming platforms. Uh, and 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 just to add on, I, I have a really similar experience to or impression to Midiama that actually we have the potential to do that with head high. Um, the, all the responses I've had back from execs in places like the US have been really positive around, especially around the feeling of um, an authentic world uh, that that head high is coming from. There's been that massive um, segue, massive turn to inclusive, diverse storytelling in the US as well, you know, like really profound change off the back of Me Too and Black Lives Matter. And and Head High feels like it, its fingers on the pulse of that. So it will be really interesting to see how we go on. I think we're on Amazon in the US and um, in Great Britain at the moment, not not actually released yet, but about to be. So it will be really interesting to see what happens in, in those um on those platforms, yeah, that, you're, you're absolutely right in the, the sense that it, there is some kind of you, know, you look at a show like Reservation Dogs and the the, the, the sense that Indigenous storytelling starting to be rather than like a, a backwater something that that is is prized um, and and that weird tension where Head High is on some level by the sense of it being cancelled because it didn't rate and ratings are a, a pretty solid guide for income when you're when you're um, running a, a linear TV network yet the world that head high aspires to be part of is the streaming world which has no relationship between advertising it's really a function of how much does it engage your your you know if you're a paid streamer how many subscribers watch it and 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 you know all of the, the crazy advanced metrics that they have um, you know and and it's and again Tim like that that idea of the, the Scandinavian model where the irony is like you, you pivot the aspirations to rather than a domestic audience and an international one, you actually end up nourishing both the production sector, the industrial part of it, and also the cultural impact of it, um, both domestically and, and overseas. And, you know, these things are big and knotty, but it does feel overdue that we have a conversation about what is the function of New Zealand on air? What is the function of TVNZ? What is the function of the Film Commission? And how can these things be brought together in a way that the considerations are less like, oh, this, if this thing had got, you know, an extra few points here on through Nielsen's people meters, 
all that this thing go, goes around again and gets a chance to 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 breathe in that air when it, that feels like such a small and tawdry thing to be the decider on something at this scale. You know, it's that constant thing that we're trying to do as artists, which is to put um, a value on on the cultural value of art. You know, we, we, we can't often put a monetary value on what it does for our society or for our people, but if only we could, because then we'd all be rich. <laughs> I think that that thing that you're talking to, Duncan, of you know, we're just we're just too small a, a country to to do all the hard, you know, the five years developing to this point of a production like Head High, which you know is a is a is a good production, um, and then to have to scratch that and start all over again, it's you know uh, because of uh, arbitrary decision by a couple of people who have no sense of of actually all the that's loaded in behind this. Um, I, th- I think that's that thing too, especially from a personal point of view of just the level of Māori and Pacifica development that was happening behind the, and in front of the camera, but behind the camera was, was massive, you know. Um, we had a massive majority of our HADs are Māori or Pacifica. The, you know, our our crew workforce was um, majority Māori or Pacifica, and 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 with a real sense of Fanonatana and uh, um, ways of operating that that are Māori Pacifica that are valuable to the wider industry sector as well. Yeah, sad. The other thing I wanted to say before we finish is that, um, you know, if if that decision is based on ratings, we're not sure that TV3 did everything they could to make sure we had great ratings. Um, you know, if they really did have an interest in us having good ratings, then they had to do things like um, put promos some on. Some promotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do some promotion. Um, not forget to upload um, episode five to online on the night when it was supposed to be released. That's pretty heartbreaking when you think about how much you bleed for these productions, for them not to be as treasured by the uh, the network. It's, that's, that's hard. That's mm. really hard. But yeah. also, if it, if it is a business decision and it's a business relationship, then they have to uphold their side of the business. You know, they have to do everything they can to make sure we have the great ratings as well as we do, you know, as well as we have to work as hard as we can to make a great show that they're proud to present. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, I will go to Discovery for, for, for comments on that and, and see what, what their perspective on it is. And, and as you say, hopefully it is, I mean, it's a dark thing to say, hopefully it's a decision made because, of ratings and not because they're moving away from JAMA entirely, which which would reveal, in some ways, might just prompt a an even a, a necessary bigger conversation. But um, it's a, it's a beautiful show. It sounds like it it did a lot more beyond what just what comes across on screen. And uh, yeah, feel feel for you both at, at the moment, and we'll see what comes out of it. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Butler here, podcast manager at the Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate.
The Spin-Off Podcast Network.